guys, welcome in and welcome to True Selfie. It is Brooke, your host, and um, it's another week. So another um, awesome time where we get to come together and hang out for just a second. Um, I'm actually going to glean off of something that I talked about with my kids' church on Sunday because I feel like it's just been like a reoccurring thing in my life with just different things that have happened over last week and this week. And it's really got me thinking about the danger that um, is out in the world and how we as Christians need to be on alert all the time. Um, So I, if you follow me on social media, I did post something earlier in the week that um, was just Easton had went out. It was the first day of like a great temperature. It was like in the seventies. Um, so it was the first time that we as a family had been outside to kind of like hang out and play and eat dinner. And, um, it was just like really chill and a great night out. And Easton is two. And so he, um, obviously has been walking for about a year or so. Um, so he's getting pretty good steps. He's doing really good with, um, but he's outside, he's excited, he's running, he's just doing so much. He's just been dying to go outside. Okay. Um, and so we're finally outside and, you know, first knee scuff happens, you know, crying, super upset. Um, second knee scuff, third knee scuff. I mean, kid cannot keep himself off the ground. And, um, I made a funny little thing about how I can relate that to Jesus and, um, in the podcast this weekend. So, um, you know, I just think about something like that and I'm constantly on my kids constantly like, be careful. I'm constantly like, Oh, don't do that. I'm constantly, um, just telling them, warning them of things because I can see it about to happen. Um, it was another day this week that, I was sitting at the bar stool doing a little bit of work for Kids Church, and um, Easton was pulling over his um, big yellow, like Tonka truck kind of thing, um, and he wanted to get up there and see what I was doing. So he pulls that truck over, and he decides to stand on it and keep his hands on the counter. And I'm just like, "E, like you're gonna fall. Like you gotta be careful, buddy. Any second." And that like within seconds later, that Tonka truck pulled out from underneath of him and he's like hanging on for dear life. And I'm like, this is what I'm telling you. Like, I see that you're in trouble and I see that you're about to get a blow. And I'm just trying to warn you. I'm just trying to tell you danger. You're in danger. Something is going to happen the way that you're going. It's not great. And I'm just a loving mom just trying to help you out. And I know all my moms can understand, even as we have kids and they're growing up and, um, you know, they're doing things and, and trying out experiencing and, and, and doing all these things. And, and our mama heart just breaks and, and it, and it just, it, it's the, the care, you know, that we have and we have it for our friends and our spouses and just different people at church and at your work or wherever you're at, you just see signs of things that people are doing or, um, warning signs of, of sin and all of this. And, and you're just here warning and you're just like, Hey, you're about to do something that isn't great. Um, and so I was talking about this concept, 
uh, during kids church this past Sunday and I just put a big danger sign up and that's really what I'm going to title this today is danger and warning. Um, you know, we can look around and see so many signs that the end is coming or that the time is approaching when Jesus is coming back to get his church. And, um, we have been talking about like lie detector. It's been a series that we've just wrapped up in kids church and it was, it's called lie detector and it's basically taking lies that the world tries to tell us and, um, detecting that they are lies and replacing it with truth. And I'm like, Oh, I saw that series and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what true selfie podcast was birthed into was to address lies that the enemy has placed in our minds, lies that the world tries to tell us, um, and replace it with truth. Bible says plain as day people perish because the lack of God's word. And that's what my desire. And that's my, um, just the reason behind this podcast is to make sure, um, the world knows truth and we find that truth in God's word. And, um, so I love this series, the lie detector that we just wrapped up with. And I just, I put danger up on the screen on Sunday and I just told them that, you know, the world is going to tell us that it is, um, that if someone believes something other than Christianity, that we as Christians are being mean, um, by trying to tell them that like what our faith is and that their faith is wrong. Um, there's a lie that says, you know, if someone else believes something other than what we believe that by us sharing it is wrong. Um, it's all, it's literally around culture everywhere right now where it's just like, you know, if you believe that that's fine, but you need to keep it to yourself. Like I believe this and it's wrong for you to come and try to tell me what's wrong and what's right and why you think your faith is better and why, why I'm living wrong and you're living right. Um, and you know, it, there's this lie that says, you know, if we truly love someone, um, we're going to just leave them alone. Or there's this lie that says, you know, if, um, you know, that we're being judgmental or that, you know, we're pulling people down. If we share our faith with them, um, you know, it's just let them go their own way. You know, while we go our own way, um, that's showing people love because you're not bothering them. You're not trying to to pull them down. You're not trying to tell them that the way that they're living is wrong. It's actually loving for us to accept the way that people live, or it's loving if we keep quiet and just do what we're supposed to do and let other people do what they're, they feel called to do. It's loving if we keep quiet about letting our kids identify as however they would like to identify. It's loving to let them experience and make those decisions and, and just to figure it out. It's a loving parent to do that. Listen, y'all, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And if you're as a parent are condoning or keeping quiet or not bringing out the Bible to show what the true word of God says, um, I encourage you to have a moment with God and say, God, you know, how am I supposed to teach my child? What kind of way can I show them in your word that tells them who they are? Um, because it is a lie for us to keep quiet. 
we cannot stay quiet. We, it is our job as Christians to share that there is a danger out there in the world. Share and warn um, other people that, listen, if you are living in a life of sin and if you are, you know, walking a path that is not holy or righteous before God, then you are going to find yourself in danger very quickly. Um, you know, I, it's a hard topic and there are so many things that the Bible is so clear on as far as sin goes. You know, we see in the 10 commandments, we see, um, you know, the biblical concept of marriage. We see, you know, there's just some really big, like flashing light, like, listen, this is sin. (laughs) Like there's no other way around it. (laughs) The Bible says it's sin. It's sin. Um, and there's no sugarcoating it. Sin is sin. A lie is a lie, whether small or big, you're lying. It's a sin. (laughs) Um, stealing is stealing, whether it's a piece of gum, whether it's hundreds of dollars, it's a sin. Um, you know, gossiping is a sin, whether it's a, a, a small comment that you said, under your breath or whether you're shouting it to everybody around you. Gossiping is a sin. Um, sleeping with your sleeping with people that you're not married to is a sin. Um, living in a home, um, pretending to be a family and not making that covenant before God is a sin. Um, I'm just, it's just a sin is a sin and we can't sugarcoat it. Either you're living in sin or you're not. And, um, this may seem super blunt and forward with you today, but, um, somebody needs to be, and I will take full, um, you know, backlash or whatever, but as soon as I send the Bible says it, and I say that in love because I've been there, I've lived a life of sin. I've lived a lifestyle of sin for years and thanks be to God in his grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul and waking me up. Um, and having people that were praying for me night and day. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I speak because I've been there. I know, and I'm on the other side. And now it's my turn to warn you. Um, It's my turn to say, hey, you're in danger. You are in danger. If you don't get it together, if you don't get under your sin, under the blood of Jesus, you are in danger. And you're like, listen, what are you talking about? What do you mean danger? What, what, I don't get it. Um, first Peter five, eight says it so clearly. It says this, let me find it here. Likewise. Nope. That's not it. (laughs) That was five, five. Here we go. Five, eight. First Peter five, eight, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And that's actually into verse 10. There is an enemy out there who is looking around, seeking whom he may devour, seeking someone who is weak, seeking someone who is busy, seeking someone who has other things on their mind, seeking someone who um, may be 
operating out of a weak flaw that you may have, um, seeking someone, he's literally seeking a ton of people. Um, and so we have to be sober minded. We have to be constantly in God's word, knowing truth, knowing what we need to do as Christians. And we have to be on alert. We have to be eyes open. Um, last week, I took Kendall and Easton to Walmart and we went to a Walmart, not in our town, but a town close by. And I don't like to go to this said town because, um, it's just a little sketchy. It's a little, it's in a rougher area of, um, Indy. And so, um, I was over there at another store and I just had to run into Walmart really quick. So I took them in and as I was, Kendall had already gotten out of the car and she had walked around to the back side of the cars I had already parked into the Walmart parking spot. I'm trying to paint this picture for you. Um, and so then I'm getting Easton out and my door is open and I'm getting him out. And this car literally didn't, I don't think they knew that my door was open. Um, and that I was, we were obviously standing there, but they pulled in so fast and so close to me. I could feel like the breeze from behind me just and the tire was literally like centimeters from the back of my heel like it was that close and so I had gotten Easton and we were kind of pulling back out of the car and they were pulling in and it was a super close um, moment and Kendall had saw it coming and her response was delayed and she said oh there's a car and it had already happened and it wasn't like oh my gosh, there's a car coming. <laughs> it was just like, oh, there's a car about to hit. <laughs> and I'm just like, I looked at her and I'm like, girlfriend, if you was about to get run over, I would have been like pulling your body. I would have been like screaming. I would have been alerting you. I would have been a lot more enthusiastic about the thing that was about to happen. And she was just like super delayed. She was not like, vocal. It was just like, it wasn't a warning sign. Like she, she wasn't alerting me. It was just a little, it was just, it, I would have gotten hit. Let's just be honest. I would have literally gotten hit with, like she had no, there was just no, uh, caution there in, in her. And so I was just like thinking about that and thinking about Easton. Um, you know, we have to take people's souls more seriously. We have to, we can't be like Kendall in that moment where we're just like, oh yeah, I see that you're doing that, but, and be delayed in our response or be nonchalant about something that is eternal. Like this isn't just, you're about to get a bad grade on a test. This isn't like, Hey, you know, I see something you're like, don't eat that. Like, (laughs) It's bad for you. I'm. This is like, hey, your soul is about to be eternally damned into the pit of hell if you don't get your act together. <laughs> like, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about an eternal place that you are going to stay if you don't have a come to Jesus moment and make the decision to follow him. There needs to be a, like an urgency in us as believers and as Christians to awaken someone who has been asleep, to 
to awaken a soul who hasn't even heard of Jesus, to awaken someone who has once had a fervency for the Lord, but has, you have seen it just decline over months or years. Um, where is our urgency? People are going to hell. It's a known fact. Not everyone is making it to heaven. It is a narrow way to get to heaven. And so we have to put our warning signs up. And I'm, you know, we see it in, in Noah's story back in Genesis 7. You know, Noah had an urgency. You know, he knew that God was going to flood the earth. God told him, listen, I need you to build this ark. And he gave him flat out instructions. He said, it needs to be this long. It needs to look like this. You need to take two animals. It needs to be a man and a male and a female animal. You need to take your wife. You need to take, he literally gave him a list of what he wanted him to do and instructions, right? He gave him instructions. He told him what to do. He didn't know what rain was. It never rained before, you know? But he believed and he trusted and he had faith in God. And so what does Noah do? He starts building a boat. You know, he just starts getting everything ready, building a boat. These people thinking he crazy, like, what? Like, you you think it's going to, what's, what's rain? Like, we've never had rain before. You think it like the whole world's just going to flood? Um, it's a crazy thing, right? But Noah had faith in God. And he warned people and he did what he was supposed to do and he did it. And what happened? It flooded. Literally everyone, everything gone. Noah seemed crazy until it rained. And then people's like banging on the ark. Let me in, let me in. And it's too late at that point. Y'all, it's too late at that point. You may seem crazy going around, telling people about Jesus, praying for people, believing for miracles. You may seem crazy, but until it happens, you ain't crazy no more. And they're going to be running, chasing you down, knowing that you believe in a God that can heal. You believe in a God that can do miracles. You believe in a God that can save and restore families and marriages. You believe in a God who can take someone who has ra- that was raised up in a broken home um, on welfare and now they're a millionaire. Like you believe, you crazy, but you believe it and you're not going to be crazy when it happens. And that's kind of what Noah's story is. And you're, I can just hear you thinking like, you know, Brooke, how does this Noah's story that was in Genesis seven, that was like in the beginning of the world. How can that relate to today? I'm going to tell you exactly what the Bible says. It does relate to the day to today. And not only does it relate to today, it relates to Christ when he comes back. And I want to share that with you today in Matthew 24. Um, you can turn there if you'd like Matthew 24, 37 and 39. Let's see where's it say. Matthew 24, 37 through 39, it says this, the arrival of the son of man will take place in times like Noah's. The arrival of the son of man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as casual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. 
I'm going to read that again because I don't feel like y'all got that. <laughs> the arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. And that is my fear, my friends, is that people be carrying on as casual as usual, having a great time, knowing of nothing. But when Christ returns, there will be no time. There won't be time for a quick prayer. There won't be a time to get your stuff in order. There won't be time to run over to your mom or your dad's house and, and, and tell them that Christ is coming. There won't be time for a quick salvation prayer. There won't be time to get all of your issues under the blood of Christ. There won't be a second. And at that point, it's too late. And so I feel like this is a super dramatic moment and you're just probably like, okay, Brooke, that's a lot. But listen, it's going to happen. That's going to happen. When Christ returns, it's going to be like Noah on an ark boarding up that door and people banging to get in people banging to be saved people banging on the ark saying I wish you just would have told me I wish I would have taken you more seriously there is no time my friends the danger is now he is coming soon and the urgency of a Christian and the urgency of a believer should not be focused on the fear on the what ifs, it, we should not be focused on anything other than bringing as many people with us as we can. You know, Noah could only take a few people on the ark, but I believe that God's heart wants to take as many to heaven that will accept him. And it is our job to do that for him. It is our job to share the gospel, the easy gospel message that Jesus came. And Easter is about to be here this weekend. He came to the earth because he loved us. And he died on a cross because he wanted us to be back with him. He knew it was the only way. And he took the beating. He took the torment. He took the accusations. He took the crowd yelling. He took the knife in his side. He took the nails in his hands and his feet for you. But not only for you. He took it for your mom, your dad, your husband. He took it for your children. He took it for the person next to you at work. He took it for the person that you literally cannot stand. And it's our job to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to say, don't do that. You're running too fast. If you run, you're going to fall and you're going to get scuffed on your knees. 
listen, I see you getting in that relationship. And he's a great guy. She's a great girl. But where it's headed is not biblical. Pray about that relationship. And if God says, do it, get married. Don't just try to fill it out. Don't try to just sleep together and see if you're meant to be. Don't try to just live together and hope that, you know, he'll commit to you. That's not how it works. The Bible lays it out. Get married. Don't dabble in sexual sin. It's a sin and it's going to keep you from heaven. You know, people have their own takes on social drinking and I'm not here to tell you whether you're right or wrong, but I am going to tell you being drunk is a sin. And it's like, you see, you see people walking down paths and you know that the end goal or where they're walking to isn't good for their life. And so that's where I'm asking you to step in. That's where I'm asking you to warn them. Danger is approaching. You may not be living a life of sin at the moment, but those little things turn into big problems down the road. And we as Christians need to love and to share and to warn those around us. Say, Brooke, I don't know if it's going to be well-received. Pray about it. Ask God to give you the words to say. Ask God to open the door for the opportunity to arise to where you can have a conversation. Pray about it. Ask God to give you the heart of the Father to have that conversation. Pray about it that you have the right tone. Pray about it. I don't know. Y'all, that's all I got today. (laughs) Listen, we are in danger. And that's my heart today is to remind you Easter is coming. You're going to see family this weekend that you don't normally see. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Slide in when you can. Throw in something when you can. Wait for the door to be open. Keep your eyes open. Be watchful. Because he will place those opportunities in your path. And he does. But sometimes we're not always thinking and having the mind of Christ to be able to act on those. And really, we're not quietly at home on our own time investing in God's word and in his presence to be able to operate in a loving tone or in that manner that Christ desires for us to do. And so we have a responsibility for ourselves to make sure that we are full. That way, when the opportunity does come, we can pour and it be of God's love. So over the next few days, I really, I challenge you Get in God's word, get in his presence, ask for the doors to be opened for the opportunity to arise this weekend because Easter is coming. Christ is resurrected. He is no longer in the grave. He is in heaven and he is 
interceding for you. What does that mean? He is praying for you. I saw something this morning before I hopped on that said, you know, if I could hear Jesus praying for me, I wouldn't, nothing else would matter. Like I wouldn't be so worried about other things. My friend, he is praying for you. He is in heaven interceding on your behalf. He is praying for you. Jesus, the guy who came to the earth as a baby, who performed miracles, who did healings, wonders, who worked in God's love and mercy and grace, who showed it, who died, who was crucified, who was raised again, who ascended into heaven, who took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. That guy is praying for you. If that doesn't encourage you today, I'm done. (laughs) Listen, guys, I love you. Share this with someone. I'm going to pray us out. Have a blessed weekend. I love you. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God, to come together. I thank you that you have given me this place and this space, God, to share your word, to share the gospel, God, to love on people. And God, I just pray that your peace would surround us. God, I pray that your boldness would just engulf us, Lord Father, that we can walk around, God, confident and knowing and being able to love on people, God, this weekend as we encounter them. God, there is um, many opportunities this weekend that we will see people that we do not know. God, we will see people that we do know. And then we will see people that we wish we did not know. And I just pray that your peace, that you would guard my mouth, God, that you would guard our hearts, God, that we would only speak out of love and the things that you would have us to say, God, that we would speak life, God, that we could share Jesus with someone, that we could share our testimony, God, and we can show other people and warn them, God, that you are returning. You're returning for your people and it's happening soon. And we just pray that you could help us gather in as many troops as we can before you come, Lord. And we thank you and we love you. And we just desire to do your will, your way. In Jesus' name, amen.